0: I'm going to um, go ahead and jump right into this. I hope I can finish this. Uh, if not, we'll just part it again next week and we'll, we'll just keep on going. So this is Jacob's process, um, part two. Because I, I, when we get into these Beatitudes, the Beatitudes lay out the process for the Christian walk with God. And I believe it pertains to everybody. You can find yourself within those Beatitudes and you'll see where you are, you'll see where you're going, you'll see what God's got left to do, you'll see what God's done. You'll see all that stuff. But before I got into that, I wanted to to talk about his process in the Old Testament cuz yeah, there was no receiving Jesus or calling upon the the Lord so that you could be, you know, saved. You were just it was just a it was the Old Testament, it was just a process that he went through to get where God wanted him to to be, and so you know the process you know we we all are born i like these um uh, these little bracelets sometimes if anybody will ever you know ask what that's all about i mean it starts with the black the sin and you know it goes to the red because of the blood of christ that saves you the faith in him the baptism uh, the the white which means you're clean and you're forgiven the green, which means you grow in God and you get to know Him more and more, all the way down to the gold, which is heaven and operating in glory and, and being, just being what He's transformed you into being. That's the, that's the process to becoming Christ-like. It is not over just because you said, Lord, will you come into my heart and forgive me and, and make me new? Yes, He has. But there's still a process that he will take you through to refine you, much like the gold and the silver as they hold that, those precious metals over the heat and, and let the impurities rise to the top. And then they slice the impurities off to make it more pure and more pure. That's the process that we, that we go through. And I talked a couple of weeks ago about Jacob, how he began, you know, how all this got started. It was a conversation with, um, his mom had had with God and said, there's two nations in you and the younger is actually going to serve the older. And I talked about how that happened with Eve and God spoke to Eve or he, she heard God speak to the serpent. And say yes to somebody who 's going to come out of you, and he will deliver you out of this and so it kind of caused these mamas to treat their children a little bit different, to play favorites, so to speak because of because of what they Had heard. And and Jacob, of course, was born, you know, with that sinful heart. He was after, you know, he's like, well, man, my brother Esau, he's got the birthright. I want the birthright. You know, God told my mom that, you know, he's going to end up serving me. So how can I get this? And it put him on this traveling, this road of deceit where he said, I'm going to get that birthright, whatever it takes. And Esau comes in from out of hunting one day, and he's starving. He's really hungry. Jacob was prepared for him. He had that soup. He said, hey, you want some of this? Yes, I'm starving. I'm famished. Let me have some of that soup. He's like, you give me, trade your birthright for it. And he's like, what is a birthright to me? Who cares about some birthright? Sure, you can have it. Just give me something to eat. And it says he despised his Birthright. But even though Jacob had a sinful heart, he came to his father and he asked to be blessed. He asked, uh, he came like he was Esau and he says, Father, will you bless me? And he says, Who are you? He said, You know, you feel and smell kind of like Esau, but, but you sound like, like Jacob. But, but Jacob, through all that, he he gave him the blessing. And I want to start there in Genesis chapter 27, verse 21. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you really are Esau, my son Esau, or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him. He said, The voice is Jacob's voice. but The hands are the hands of Esau. Now, he's, he's really old. Isaac's really old in years, so he, he really is. He's trying to tell. He didn't recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So... He blessed him. And this is a picture of salvation. Yes, there was some deceit involved here, but he came in the name of Esau. He came in his name and he received the blessing, is that not what we do when we come to Jesus? Listen, here, I'm not the one that deserves this blessing. I'm not the one that deserves heaven. I'm not the one that deserves anything good that you give to me. But in the name of your son Jesus, who gave his life for me, I appeal to you, Lord, will you save me? Will you come in to my heart? We do it the same way. And even Though we were separated far from God, objects of wrath, of his destruction, we come and say in the name of Jesus, and, and somehow God's like, I, I know that's Adam's voice, but but I hear my son in him. And I, I see my son in him. And and yes, he's he's saved. I'm gonna give him the blessing. Yes, I'm gonna give him heaven. Yes, I'm gonna give him the kingdom of heaven. It's his, not because of who he is, but because of the name that he came in the name of Jesus. And he didn't come with the purest of motives. He didn't come humbly. He didn't come. All he wanted was the blessing. He's already taken the birthright. Now, whatever this blessing is, I want it. He, he didn't have the purest motives. It was just something else for him to have. Another feather in his cap. And I think about my own life. Maybe you were like me and you didn't have the the purest motives when you got saved. Mine was purely an escape from hell. I mean, I heard the preachers talk about it and I didn't want to go. How do I not go? Well, it all has to do with Jesus. Ask Him in your heart. You know, I didn't have any, any motives of I want to be more like him. I didn't have any motives. I want to go treat people better than they deserve to be treated. I want to go out here and work like I'm working as unto the Lord. That was far from my mind. I just wanted the blessing that he could give me when I died. There's a place called hell. I don't want to go. That was the main reason my motives Weren't that pure, but thank the Lord. Just like this, I'm, I, I see myself in the same place that he was in at this time. He had a long way to go because he had things in his heart and what, things that he thought that needed to be changed. I had ways in my heart, even though I came and received the blessing that God knew needed to be changed. God has a process And it begins with asking the Heavenly Father to bless you through His Son. That's how it all begins. And then Jacob, he left his old life behind. Now, he didn't have much of a choice. Esau's like, he stole... My birthright, now he has stolen my blessing. As surely as the Lord lives, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill him. And his mom finds out and said, listen, your brother is seriously angry. Go to my brother in Haran. Get out of here. And that was a big part of his process. He had to leave his old life behind. It's a very tough thing to do. I, I didn't even begin to leave my old life behind for five years after I asked the Lord into my life. But it was, I was, I would not receive His presence. I wouldn't receive His presence. I wouldn't begin to know Him more until I separated myself from my old life. And that's what Jacob had to do. He had to leave his old life and then The presence came. Then he received, he he poured the oil out because he said, Man, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I didn't even know it. Yeah, I've been wanting all this blessing and these things that God offers, but I didn't know there was a serious presence of the Lord that you could see and you could feel. It's amazing and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So going on to Genesis chapter 27, verse 30. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, so he receives the blessing, he just leaves, and of course, perfect time. And Esau, his brother, comes in from his hunting. He also had made savory food. So he made the the food that, that his dad had asked to bring him, and he'd give him the blessing, brought it to his father, And said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said, Who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where's the one who hunted the game and brought it to me? This has already happened before. I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. And indeed... He shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. Now he cares. Now it's a big deal. The only difference between Jacob and Esau is the esteem to which they held the birthright and the blessing. It was something that Jacob said, i got to get. At all cost. It was something Esau said, well, it's just coming to me. It's just there. You know, it's just it's just mine. I don't really have to do anything for it. So the only difference here is the way they saw it. But when it's too late, now Esau begins to care. And he says, bless me, me also, my father. But he said, your brother came with deceit. Everybody's kind of been deceitful up to this time. Everybody is mom. Even Isaac hasn't had the purest motives because he's like, yeah, I know that God told my wife that the younger is going to serve the older, but I, I'm going to give it to him because that's just the way it is. He kind of represents the tradition. This is the way it's always been done. So he's going to get the blessing. But mom's like, no, I know that the Lord has told me that the younger's going to serve the older. It's his, it's his. I mean, even though that's the way it's always been, done. This is the way God's doing it now. Everybody is kind of being deceitful. You know, even, even I, uh, Jacob, he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever I got to do to deceive you to get, of course, your your birthright. But now I'll deceive. I'll dress myself up like you. I'll do whatever I have to do to receive the blessing as well. Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob, swindler, for he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright for a, for a bowl of stew. No, no responsibility on his part. You know, no, he couldn't have just waited a little bit long, cooked his own food. No, it's not his fault at all. It's his fault. He took away my birthright. And now look. He's taken away my, my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. This is just the way it is. With grain and wine, I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his, to his father, have you only one Blessing my father, bless me, me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Now he cares. He had despised his birthright. Jacob valued it. Esau didn't despise the blessing, but Jacob stole it. He wanted what God could give him, but Jacob stole it. So many Christians today, they're just like... Esau. You know, we don't really value being God's children. We don't really value it. I thought about 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and how this, how this, how he says this. Behold what matter of love the Father has bestowed on us. Some translations say lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. He's excited about this. What love he has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. We are his kids. It's amazing that we get to be called that and and we don't esteem that. It's very easy to just say it's not that, that big of a deal to be a child of God, but it he is. He says, give me the blessing. You know, when things are bad, answer my prayers, God. Things aren't going so well. I need you to help me. But don't give me any kind of responsibility. I'm not interested in any kind of the work that it takes to purify my heart, my soul, and my mind. I'm not interested in that. As children of God, there's things He wants us to pursue. There are things we've got to stay away from. If we don't pursue these things, God will teach them to us. And it's not always pleasant. What are we to pursue? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people. And what about the people I don't like? All people. What about the people I can't stand? Pursue peace with all people. And I was actually watching, um, this is crazy that I just happened to watch, uh, a 2007 family factor that y'all did, you know, years ago. It's amazing how things change in eight years. I'm like, wow, is that so and so? And it's in, in just eight years. And, you know, that you were on a virtue of, uh, I think it was peace. And it says, um, willing to be about, caring for people loving other people rather than winning an argument you know are you are you okay with that you're pursuing that would you rather win the argument and be right or would you rather have peace with all people and pursuing holiness holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursuing holy, becoming more like Him. So many people not very interested in that kind of stuff. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. That's possible? It sounds like it is. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. And this all we we can avoid all this if we will pursue peace with all people and pursue holiness. And then here it is: lest there be any fornicator. It's interesting that he uses that verse. You know, sex outside of marriage or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. I mean, think about. I mean, just. Friday of the 22nd, or the 22nd, whenever the 22nd was, um, that was the anniversary of Roe versus Wade in 1973 when abortion became legal. I mean, there's like a million a year. You know, tomorrow 3,000 babies will be aborted. And it all comes through that word, you know, fornication, sex, sexual activity outside of marriage. I knew better. I know people that know better. But no, I want my temporary pleasure right now and I don't care the consequences to other people and why do we go there why do i it's amazing i mean we, we will see tomorrow somebody taking care of the problem taking care of the baby. I, I don't want this baby inside of me well they've made it easy now and even legal to sacrifice those babies on on the on the altar and we can do some comparisons the old testament and new testament it's amazing and we just sell that we don't value any kind of purity before marriage i want to go to the altar and be pure before my wife and I want to give that to her nobody's interested in that anymore but as children of God we should pursue that kind of holiness we should pursue that but it's it's not gonna happen let me finish this first for you know that afterward after he had already failed and didn't see things as he should have then he wanted to inherit the blessing but he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with with tears. And I can't help but think of the verse that says, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, you only get X amount of days to read this word. You only get X amount of days to pray in the sense that we pray to Him now. Why don't we spend more of them spending time with God and perfecting ourselves in holiness? Because one day, I believe when we stand before God in heaven, you know, it says He'll, He'll wipe away all the tears from our eyes. Why are we crying in the first place? I think we get revealed the life that we could have had had we chosen to pursue peace with other people and chosen to pursue holiness. So of course we're going to cry. Of course I think I'll see people that he asked me to speak to and I didn't. And I have to hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. And they might even look at me and say, you knew about this and you didn't tell me about this. What's the matter with you? And all I can say is, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all I'm going to be able to say. And, and we'll see things that could have happened had we been faithful and obedient and we could see the life that we could have lived had we lived in obedience. And of course we're going to cry. But of course, I think God wipes away all of our tears. He'll say, it's okay, I still worked My process in you, I still day by day perfected you in holiness. I was still faithful. Maybe you weren't so faithful, but I was still faithful. So Jacob, he got far away from his old life. God revealed himself to him. He had to leave his old life because his brother was so distraught that he said, well, if I kill my brother then I I have to get the blessing. That's the way I'll get it back. That's the way it's going to come. But how many Christians don't get far enough away from their old life to receive the blessings? We don't pursue holiness. We don't pursue uh, peace with other people. We'd rather be right and win the argument than just accept defeat and say it's less we still serve the same god we still going to heaven through the same blood we're still doing this let's let's have peace instead of trying to win an argument that it really doesn't matter in the first place so genesis chapter 28 verse 15 behold i'm with you and will keep you wherever you go And will bring you back to this land. This is this is uh, Jacob in the presence of the Lord after he left his life. For I will not leave you until what I have done, till what I have spoken, till I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, "Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not even know it." And he was afraid, and said, and, "And why was he afraid, man?" My whole life, all I've done is cheat people. All I've done is live for myself. I cheated my brother and here I am having to leave because he wants to kill me. I've been a deceiver. That's all I've been my whole life. So of course he was afraid. I'm in the presence of a holy God and I knew about him, but this is the way I've done, what I've done with my whole life up until now. And he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than Beth El, the house of God. And this, is the gate of heaven. And just what a blessing it is to receive the presence of God and to know that He's here. The first thing God did to really change Jacob was reveal His presence to him. And I don't know if he's done that to everybody in here. This was years after my initial salvation that I feel like I got, I received the full on presence of God and I really understood what it's all about. And of course I was a little bit afraid too. Why? Because I've just been living for myself. As his kids, I, I, as his kid, I hadn't been following his rules. I hadn't even really tried to do anything that he's asked me to do. But when I received that presence, all of a sudden I wanted to. If living the life for Him invites more of His presence, that's what I want. And I started doing some things. I started reading the Word. And no, I didn't understand it that much. And yes, a lot of it was confusing and a lot of it's still confusing. I'm not even close to where I need to be in my biblical knowledge, but I can't deny that it's changed me. It's made me understand things and there'll be situations where I don't know what to do, but I think about something that I read in the Bible and I just do it like they did and, and it works out and I receive blessing for it. And, and it's turned into this thing where I don't have to do it to, to necessarily please God, I know it will please Him, but but I also know that even though it may produce temporary pain now, that He's just doing this to work out my own benefit. He just wants to take me to a place that I'd never go on my own through being obedient to Him. For the next 20 years, God would proceed to change the way Jacob thought. There were things in his heart, ways that he had that God was going to change. For one, he would learn the golden rule. You treat people like you would want to be treated yourself. Okay, Now, that wasn't written in the Bible yet, the golden rule, but that was something in his heart that God would show him. This is the way you've treated people. You need to know what that feels like when you get treated the way you treated other people. That's one lesson that Jacob would learn. He would also learn that the firstborn has rights and they are to be respected. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't mind taking that from somebody. You don't value the rights of the firstborn, but something's going to happen to you. I'm going to allow something to happen to you to where, oh, guess what? You will respect the rights of those firstborn. You will. That's going to happen. That's something I'm going to change inside of you. And he's also going to learn you can't avoid confrontation. You know, you need to stand your ground. You need to. You you can't run away from certain situations. I'm going to teach you that you can't avoid confrontation. These things we will talk about next week. In the meantime, you know, what are some ways of thinking that God is has changed in you? What has He changed? I got several examples. You know, I could talk about ways that I thought, but things happened that He that He changed. Me. He changed. You know, th- my whole way of thinking. He changed these things. And, and I think about things. What do I think now? What are some ways that I have that he may want to change? Because you, we kind of have this, we have this Bible. We can read it. And if we see something in here and we know that that's what he wants to change, he gives us a chance to change it without having to go through some sort of difficult process for him to have to change it within us. You know, I see it almost like, okay, he gives you the opportunity to, to bring it be- before him. It's, he, he gives us a chance to, to change it on our own before he sets, he uses circumstances to change that within our heart. So what does he want to do within you? What does he want to do within our church? We will talk about that next week. So thank you guys for listening to me. Uh, if you will, you said you had a little bit of music you could play right here. Because before we leave, I think this is really important that we do this. Uh, let's all, especially, you know, the Overholtz, uh, Millers, if, if y'all would would come down. Man, let's do, let's kneel before the altar and let's lift uh, Logan up in prayer. I know, uh, you know, you kind of was hoping that something would happen where this would take a turn for the good. but But it just hasn't seemed to do that. And, um, just, and this has just been like a crazy week, you know, where it just seems like one bad thing after another just kind of keeps happening. So, guys, if nothing else, let's come down here. Let's kneel. Let's pray for this kid, and let's pray that the devil gets bound. Let's pray that evil gets bound, and he stops dead in his track right now, and we start living, you know, victorious, and see him fighting off these unseen things that... That we don't, that we don't see, you know. There's no telling what He's saving us from, um, that that we don't even see. So let's bind these powers and let's lift this kid up um, in prayer. Father God. Jesus Christ, Lord, who hung on the cross for our sins. You were wounded for our transgressions, Lord. By your stripes, we claim healing on this four-year-old boy who doesn't even really understand what's going on, Lord. I just lift him up. Lift his family up, Lord. You do not promise that, that trouble will not come to us, but you do promise to be with us. And I pray Lord that your presence will be real. Lord as real as it's ever been to to this family. And the Lord will see your power. We'll see your power through all of this. Cuz there is no one like you, Lord. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the faithful people of this church, Lord, who who pray, who fast, who give. Lord, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.